What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live from sunny San Diego. It was a brisk 75 degrees today in Southern California. I'm not complaining. Uh, we got a packed show for you guys this week. Uh, as usual, we run through our sports headlines. Uh, then we catch up on all things Gonzaga. Uh, if we take care of business, looks like we might be the new number one. More on that later. Uh, last but not least, we cover all things in the Super Bowl. Uh, big week of sports ahead of us, guys. Jake, special guest Zane, how are we feeling today? Hey Paige, this is uh, Jake down in, or I guess up for you, in Capitol Hill. Uh, you know, feeling good. Feeling ex- I feel like I'm not as excited as normally for the Super Bowl. And I don't know if that's because of the Olympics or, or what, but you know, I'm always ready to talk some zags with the boys. What's going yeah. on, fellas? Special guest Zane coming to you live from Spokane, Washington, God's country. Um, just, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling pretty tired. Um, little delirious, little sleep was had this weekend, spent it over in Dan's old neck of the woods, whitefish, Montana, little ski trip. Um, so I'm, I'm pushing through today, but there's nothing to get the, uh, the old juices running like a little sports talk with the boys. So let's get it. Absolutely. Got to battle through the adversity. Right. Um, and we have a full intern crew tonight. Dan, Zambi, Coop, how are we feeling? What's going on, fellas? Intern Coop here. And as Paige uh, pointed out earlier, I'm rocking my Push and P hoodie. So, like always, Push and P and ready to push them takes. So, let's get it. What up? It is Intern Zams here along with little Intern Baja. We just got a beanbag in the apartment. So, just waiting for that to unravel a little bit but yeah no it's been a it's been a good week start the new job on monday and so ready to rock and roll and you guys some good takes what's up everybody intern dan here i think i am on my world record second episode in a row so uh, (laughs) let's see if we can uh, keep this going some streaks have been good some streaks have been bad this year but (laughs) this streak will be a good one snaps for dan snaps for dan congrats um, but let's kick things off, boys. Coop, start us off with the headlines this week. Thanks, Paige. Well, as you alluded to earlier, um, Zags could be looking at familiar territory um, with being the new number one team as Auburn, as of just a couple, maybe 15 minutes ago, falls to no other than Arkansas in a thrilling overtime matchup. So, boys, what are our thoughts? Was was that the most electric? Um, just put you away, self alley oop ever. Like to end the game. Did you guys yes. see that where he bounced it to himself and then slammed it down? That was that was awesome. But I feel like if Gonzaga did that, Mark Few would have lost his shit like out of anger. It was uh, it was especially cool because like the stadium <clears throat> flickered the lights almost ex- exactly as the ball went through the hoop. Um, so it looked like it was just like the ending to a dunk contest. It was pretty sick. Um, I, for one thought Auburn looked like absolute shit in this game. Um, basically from start to finish, I know they've, I know they've, uh, battled through a lot of adversity this year, a lot of close games, but you knew it was going to come to an end eventually. Um, so yeah, come Monday next week, I have no doubt the Zags will be the number one team in the AP poll once again, where we belong. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the close game to, uh, you know, old friend alert, Aaron Cook's Georgia Bulldogs uh, was definitely an indicator that they might be losing some steam. I think they only won by two. 
Um, so I don't know. I, you can kind of see it coming, um, but I'm glad that now, as long as we take care of business, we'll be should be the unanimous number one next week. I have I have a, a question on this. Walker Kessler, I think, did someone uh, earlier raise the point that Walker Kessler looks like Cooper's brother stretched out? <laughs> absolutely. I said that and no one, no one acknowledged it. And I think it's absolutely spot on. I, I have, I have a new proposition for Walker Kessler lookalike. And let me, can I, Oh, Jake, can I, let me share my screen real quick. Oh, sure thing. I think that Daniel and Serpy looks like Walker Kessler. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tell me. I'm oh wrong. my gosh. <laughs> oh, kind of. It's it depends on the jaw, like very like, similar horn-like feature as well. <laughs> it's closer than I thought it was. <laughs> hey Dan, you're looking good in the first photo. You're looking you're looking cut. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> I think it's kind of a combo of, of me and Tuck, actually. If you really if you really look at it, oh god. Oh, if Tuck and Dan had a baby, I think it's Walker Kessler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> what I was going to say about Walker Kessler is, like, what I respect his game, obviously. I haven't really watched too much of his stuff. But what I was going to say is that his face is just not that intimidating. <laughs> it's kind of punchable. <laughs> you're, like, you're describing Dan. <laughs> I said Walker. I didn't say Dan. <laughs> it's not nearly as punchable as Zach Collins' face. Like True. True. But yeah, lost 20 bucks today is sad. Thanks for the quick Venmo though. Appreciate that. Oh yeah, I sent you that like one minute to the OT. OT. Yeah, that I like how you just accept it. That's that's good. <laughs> well, love to see it. Um, yeah, as Zane said, there's really no doubt that we should be, as long as we take <laughs> care of business, you know, getting specific against St. Mary's this upcoming week, should be the number one team come Monday. But moving on to the NBA, I've had a few uh, trades um, go down today. Um, one with our boy Sabonis. We all kind of thought that he might be going to a contender. A lot of rumors were saying the, he might join the Wizards and form a, you know, a power duo between him and Bradley Beal. But no, he is now a king heading to Sacramento. So, Jake, have you ordered that Sabonis Kings jersey yet? I mean, my – my this closet is just filling up with just the most it's like the smallest market teams possible like it i just god i wanted him to go to this either the wizards or someone who was higher than 13th in their division like this is just depressing and you know what's worse is that everyone's treating tyrese halliburton like he's the next kobe right now like i agree he's a great young player but people are just shitting all over sabonis just because he got traded to the Kings. It's not his fault he got traded to the Kings. He's still a two-time All-Star. But, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to watch the goddamn Kings now. And, you know, I don't know, cheer for De'Aaron Fox and others. Like Marvin Bagley? Oh, God, that's depressing. I hate Marvin Bagley. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. Uh, we posted the poll on the uh, Twitter today about how you know, trying to gauge people's feelings on this trade. It was pretty damn close to 76% of people saying they did not like it or hated it. Um, the lone wolf who loved it was undoubtedly one Benjamin O'Connell, 
who is who is the biggest Kings fan uh, around. This is I this sucks. I hate it personally just because it's just like I'm not going to watch the Kings. I think Sabonis just on looks alone, it's a it, it's not going to be an aesthetically pleasing look to see him in a Kings uniform. I don't see it. Not one bit. Yeah, it's a bummer. Is yeah, Luke Walton somehow... still coach of the Kings, or is he fired? No, he got canned, I think. Yeah, I have no idea who the coach of the Kings is. I doubt even Sacramento knows who the coach of the Kings is. Like, <laughs> it's just if like it, it's the one franchise that gets less media attention than Indiana. Like, it's just purgatory. It's gross. Could this be what the Kings need <clears throat> to? fall completely out of relevancy and get shipped up to Seattle. Can we get the Seattle Kings and Domas comes back to the Northwest? I, they, I would they just built that. a new stadium like three years ago. I don't think they're fuck moving. them though. <laughs> we just built a new stadium one year ago. Not yeah, even that. See, did. Uh, reno- uh, renovated the stadium. Didn't build renovated. But they, also it's like I think the Kings will still be better this year, like with Sabonis. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to fall into like the depths of the NBA. They're going to stay like right on the brink of like 13 through nine forever. I mean, they're two games out of that 10th spot. And I would love for <laughs> Sabonis to just warm his way. And imagine the Sabonis led Kings beating the LeBron Lakers in a play in game. <laughs> that would be electric. It's like, what is it? It's, uh, it's like semi pro. To like get yeah. NBA big. fourth place, <laughs> they're they're just big big playing guys. Yeah, um, except the Kings probably have less fans than the semi pro team. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Unfortunate for Sabonis. Not sure if we'll be hearing much of him in the foreseeable future, but wish him all the best in uh, Sacktown. But moving on to some other trade news, uh, we have the Blazers. Um, they've been all over the place with their trades, trading Norman Powell and Robert Covington. But as of today, they uh, ship off CJ to the Pelicans. Uh, so it's pretty much RIP to the Blazer season and the dynamic duo that's Dame and CJ. Um, hate to see it, but it's probably in the best interest of the franchise. I'm sure Kyle is probably shedding a few tears right now. Fellas, any thoughts? I, I do I have mean, one. Oh, oh. No, you got it, Zambi. <clears throat> I think it's kind of interesting because I don't know if you guys saw the report that uh, Dame Lillard was like, I'm committed to the grind. Like, I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to keep going. And he's given his all to the Rose City, Portland. And what he gets in return, in my opinion, pardon my French, it's jack shit. Like, they have not done anything to progress the team basically his aspirations and it's kind of the same thing with the Seahawks. I'm not going to fully pivot here, but Jody Allen is still the the owner of the Seahawks and there've been talks that they're going to sell. I just don't think she's the same kind of owner that Paul Allen was rest in peace. God bless that guy. But I I feel bad for Dame. Uh, I think he deserves more. Um, I don't follow the NBA too much, but you know, you know, it'd be nice to see a good team in Portland. It's close enough to Seattle, but those are my two cents. I mean, like, you could see uh, – this does open a lot of cap space for the Blazers, you know. 
Josh Hart's not a bad player. They're going to get some first round picks. Um, I think they also got a couple other players. I can't remember, but they gave up a lot besides CJ. Yeah. I know a big reason why they, you know, traded him is because Simon says, you know, gone beyond expectations and he's a free agent and they definitely want to sign him and to avoid the luxury tax, they had to trade CJ. So I, it sucks that, you know, we're not as far as this year goes and probably next year there's not for Dame, at least they're not going to be competitive, but for the sake of the franchise, I think it's a move that had to be done. They got, they got money to work with too. This isn't like they're just, you know, unloading, unloading the ship and taking off. Like they're, you know, they're getting ready to, they have enough money to, to gear up in the next couple of years. Yeah. I don't think it's full like thunder territory where it's just, let's get a bunch of draft picks and <laughs> hope one of these, hope one of these sticks. It's like, all right, let's, let's retool and see what happens. Dare I say tank for Chet? Oh, They'd have to lose a lot of games to catch up to the Magic here, or like the Pistons. Uh, but that, I mean, that would be awesome. Chet somehow ended up fourth on. Actually, wait, do they have? Did they get the Pelicans' first round pick for this year as part of the package, or no? Yeah, I think it's this year's. So if the Pelicans keep sucking, very possibly. <laughs> tank for Chet. Tank for Chet. Tank Pelicans. Tank. Yeah, but I just hope Dame Lillard doesn't become the Calvin Johnson of the NBA, where he's just everyone just agreed he was great, but this really didn't do much. I guess Dame at least made playoff games, you know, and had big playoff moments. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think if you look at these past ten or so years, he's he's had some iconic moments in a Blazers uniform. But um, we'll move on. We have some football talk. Um, over the weekend, no football really, um, with the Super Bowl coming this upcoming weekend. We did have the Pro Bowl. Uh, I sure as hell didn't watch that shit. I don't know about anyone else, you know, on the panel, but, um, fellas, how do we make this more enjoyable? Well, there is a thing circulating on Twitter that you just put the two worst teams in the NFL and replace the Pro Bowl with that to see who gets the number one overall pick. But I think it's going to be the same thing. It's like if there's a guy who's playing for like a $20 million, like potential free agent contract, why are you going to hustle? Why are you going to play in this game? And so I don't think it's really feasible. Um, I think one thing we can do for the Pro Bowl, I mean, the skills competition, it's cool, but kind of incentivize it. It's like, hey, you make – five tackles you get 50 grand something like that just kind of an the way uh yeah i mean nfl contracts are kind of structured like that and if you just do like an incentive based thing i think it'd make it more like interesting because to be honest i did watch it for maybe five minutes (laughs) and i was like i am it's two-hand touch football it's awful and it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I think having incentives like that, as opposed to the, Hey, the winning team gets, I think it was like 400 K per player losing team gets 200. I mean, it's chump change for most of them. You're pro bowlers. You're making millions. Wait, each player gets 400 to 200 K. I thought it was something like that. Jesus, man. I, my solution is just to get rid of the, like calling it a football game in the first place. Because then you don't set the expectation 
that it's a football game. Honestly, I'd rather watch them play flag football than, than whatever the hell they were doing out there. I also think maybe you could do like a, like a passing league kind of, kind of game. Like seven on seven. Kind of cool. Yeah. A little seven on seven action. A little, <laughs> the linemen little just spring, kind of watch. Yeah. A little spring ball kind of thing. Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, injuries is, is what everyone points to why, why they don't play hard. Um, I don't think you could possibly incentivize them enough to be willing to get injured at this point. Um, as far as like, you know, cause what, what are you going to give them half a million dollars to donate to their favorite charity? I just, I don't think they're going to, that's not going to change anything. I think you have to like totally reshape the game. Um, in a, in a different way. And I don't, I don't really know. I think maybe adding more skills challenges could, could be a way to do it. Um, you, like, I don't think you could do it like baseball where it decides who's home for, for the championship. Um, because the Super Bowl just moves every year and it's already set. So it's a, it's a tricky, it's a little, uh, you know, it's a sticky wicket we're in right here. I feel like, I mean, the NFL has so much, so much else going for it. Like the NFL draft is like a week long must watch like television almost like, especially the first and second nights. Like do you really need a successful pro bowl? Like give other sports a chance, you know, who is, who cares about the pro bowl? Because I think Zane's right where everyone just, the more physical the sport is the least likely the, the pro bowl is gonna, you know, be, you play it as hard because it's as high risk. Like the NBA All-Star game isn't terribly exciting. Yeah, this is tough because the Pro Bowl, like the injury thing, like who, how can anyone rationalize going hard in that game and then something happening? And it can even happen just like a fluke injury too. So even just being out there in any regard, even playing and not trying to get hurt is a way to get hurt too. So that's not good. Um, I think the skills challenge stuff's fun. But you're right, Zane. I think you have the nail on the head. Like, don't expect it to be football. If you just change what your expect your expectations are, you're like, oh, this is a fun little thing the NFL is doing on this Saturday. When's the Super Bowl? Cool. Not everyone complaining about playing two-hand touch football. Here's an idea. For all the players that skipped out on a college bowl game, they play in the Pro Bowl. And each <laughs> Pro Bowler gets to choose one college to play for in their bowl game. Whoa. Then, then they'll just be a god out there. Uh, they'll play all <laughs> I think I just solved two huge problems. <laughs> just make him do the Oklahoma drill over and over again. <laughs> I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all for that, baby. <laughs> Let's crush some heads. Or musical chairs could be electric, too. Yeah, I don't think there's an easy fix to the Pro Bowl. I mean, you just got to kind of take it as it is. And like Dan <clears throat> said, don't have Is high. it possible the NFL loses money on the Pro Bowl every year? Like, where is the revenue coming from? In, in, I mean, actually, the stands were kind of full, like at least decently. SBS. Uh, I, I think it's, yeah, uh, sponsors and all that stuff. Like, the, the tickets are, too were like expensive, I think. Like, that should not be an expensive ticket. You should let whoever wants to go to that go to that for like $50. It feels yeah. like the tickets are distributed to like corporations and they just pull <laughs> down to like the families in the mail room or something like that. Cause no one wants to go to that game. Yeah. You were uh, giving out some hot dogs as a vendor. Uh, do you want to go to the pro bowl? <laughs> Best day of the guy's life. <laughs> have they, 
is why is the Pro Bowl not on Nickelodeon? I feel like this is the perfect mm. Nickelodeon. Oh, mm-hmm. like oh. I mean, just go all Zane, and then partner with like Boys and Girls Club of America is have the stands only be children. Like it'd be terrifying, <laughs> but you could do it. Chaos. Oh, speaking. Of, okay, how about this? If you want to prevent injury, just have like a kids team against a a, a pro team, and just have the pro players just trousing these little kids that couldn't possibly hurt them if they tried. Well, their what? ligaments are good enough that they won't get injured <laughs> as kids. <laughs> and you just I give them think... tougher helmets. I'm not sure if we're much closer to solving this, boys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we might be further. The, I liked the Nickelodeon idea, though. We could have the uh, MVP, Mitch Trubisky, be the, all team, the all-time quarterback for both teams. And <laughs> what could go wrong? That would be funny. You had the tradition of whoever wins the stupid MVP and always have it be the loser of the like that playoff game has to present it or like be the announcer. <laughs> Just be so pissed. We're so drunk. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, like I said, we just have to take the Pro Bowl as it is and I typically don't watch. I just look for highlights, but um, yeah, hopefully they add something to the mix. But moving on, we have some gambling talk, fellas. Um, as you all know, we're, it's college basketball season. We've all been pretty balls deep in gambling. And um, some of us have had better luck than others. Um, uh, our fellow intern, Dan, is on a string of bad losses. And that kind of came full circle yesterday as we all decided to partake in the Texas-Kansas game with Kansas suffering a pretty bad beat and the fingers are being pointed at Dan. So um, I don't know if we want, and both Zambi and Paige have been very outspoken about this, so I don't know if we should let them go first and let Dan defend himself or vice versa, but you guys have the floor. I'll defer to my lawyer. (laughs) I will be representing myself here. With the counsel, <laughs> Mr. Izagari. But in the group chat, we all felt pretty good about this. And if you guys have been listening to previous episodes, Dan, you could say he has a he doesn't have a green thumb, he has a black thumb. Oh and nine. Oh and nine. Oh and nine. And I said, Dan, don't you dare bet on this. And bless Jake's heart. He did accept Dan's bet. This is a free market. I want to point this out as as the only person who didn't take part of this bet. I place whatever bet is said to me. That is my code. No, it's your fiduciary duty. Yeah. Where do we draw the line if we ban Dan from betting? But we literally told Dan in the group chat, don't do this. And he's like, oh, this looks good. Shimmy, shimmy. Jake, I get, is like 30. (laughs) And that's what screwed us. We got screwed. We got bamboozled. And it's nothing new because Dan is on the prosecution circuit right now. Dan, are you going to defend yourself here? I have to defer to my lawyer. Zane, are you the lawyer for both No, no, here? I will not represent you, sir. I feel like Zane, Zane's the judge in this scenario. I'll, I'll, think- defend, I'll defend Dan. Um, I'll be the judge. A lot of you have been on losing streaks. Let me tell you that. A lot of like the bets that are placed in the group chat do not cover half of what you you bozos bet. So, um, 
Not the worst losing streak I've seen. You've seen better than, than nine straight losses. It Dan's is approaching. I think the most I've seen is 11. <laughs> Who was that? I cannot say. Oh it was God. that is not someone on the show. It wasn't think. somebody on the show. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I'll keep them anonymous. It was almost like I started fading them towards the end. It's because I'm like, well, okay, this is as easy money, right? <laughs> Dan, I'd like to hear from you. Well, I don't understand how I can have any impact on one basketball game changing the outcome. It wasn't, it wasn't a crazy, you know, parlay where a lot of things have to go right, go wrong with one game against the t- with a team that seemed far superior. That was way hotter that it just dismantled Baylor, a team that in Texas that has looked bad all season, pretty much. And then all of a sudden they just want to play the best game of the year. If anything, I would also, that happens. tends to show that you are more of a jinx than, than otherwise not, I would say. I would like to point out, too, that both Zambi and Zane bet on Auburn tonight. Dan did not, and they lost. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, Dan, Dan screwed us. He gave us the jinx. We now carry that with us everywhere we go. So is the, now does everyone have, have the jinx or just? I think Cooper guys? does. Cooper might have it, too. Yeah. He's about to lose his bet tonight also. What yeah, can be done out. about this? What can was, be done? That was we need to find a solution. My question. What can be done? I was coming off the hottest two weeks of my life. <laughs> I was feeling pretty tasty. And I saw that text from Dan through like two or three hours later. I was like, fuck. <laughs> no. No. So I'm a big, I'm a big juice guy. I like to ride the mojo. It seemed like we were rolling in the right direction. And uh my my stomach sank a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I saw that bed place. So I'm not gonna stop it. But I was like, oh boy. Well, there there's no doubt that Dan is a jinx. I think we all know that at this point. <laughs> um, I think prior to placing any bets, we have to know if Dan plans on betting that game. Yeah. I think it's up to us to do our due diligence beforehand. Yes, I agree. Can, can we agree on that? Yes. Yeah, we can't. I think I'll propose an injunction here. <laughs> we create our own group chat. <laughs> I don't think that's an injunction, but I appreciate the effort, Zamblin. That hey. too is an easy solution. <laughs> Case dismissed. You're free to walk, Dan. What if, okay, what if I extend the streak to the worst streak that we've seen then what happens if, if i go to 12 we're still gonna have our what, tanking for draft picks what's the strategy <laughs> here i think if dan if dan gets to 12 i think he's obligated to bet every day until he <laughs> changes it and we just get to fade him as long as we can <laughs> you guys know as soon reckless. as you fade dan dan is going to win that is a hundred percent guarantee. Well, then we're just being good friends. It's a win-win. True, true. But then you guys will be mad at Dan for uh, fading you guys. Yeah, you got to pick him up at his lowest point. That's what friends do. There's only one thing that can change this. We all have to bet the spread against Pacific. Oh, I mean that's that goes without question. That that thing is airtight. Dan, will you be betting that spread? Yep. All right, I'm fading it. Pacific's covering. Easy. 
All right. Sounds good. Boy, we got a house divided here. <laughs> this 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 uh, court session is adjourned. On to the next coup. All right. Well, I don't know where we stand with Dan gambling, but that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, to close uh, headlines out, fellas, um, just want to give a quick shout out to our boy Mayberg. His Pirates are taking on Bellevue tonight at 7 o'clock. At the CC, I'm sure some of our hosts will be there. Most likely Dan and Jake, maybe, I'm guessing. I'll be there. Oh, yeah. I got I money on the Pirates to cover. And Zambi? Oh, Don't God. do that to Mayberg, Dan. Come Don't on. you fucking do that to our friend. <laughs> I don't I don't think that you can bet on a junior college. I think they're safe. Uh so yeah, shout out to Mayberg. Uh yeah, get it done. But that concludes this week's headlines. Paige, I'll turn it back over to you. Yep. Well done, boys. That was an eventful headline to say the le- the least. But uh, I'm gonna hand it over to Jake to lead us to Gonzaga Land. Uh, it's our favorite spot to go to. That's Gonzaga Land. This week in review, we're looking at two beatdown games, uh, one against San Diego, the other against the lowly BYU Cougars. And, boys, I think we need to start out this episode by apologizing to San Diego. We um, we brushed past them and focused on BYU, but we beat San Diego by 27. We beat BYU by, like, 32. So, clearly, the Toreros were, were the team to watch. Apparently so. Apparently so. Paige, do you have a chance to go there, that game? No, I was on my uh, my mission from Seattle to San Diego, actually. 20 hours in one day. Yep. Not to brag or anything. Ooh, man, that's stamina oh, right brag. there. <laughs> uh, so, so, boys, before I kind of dive into these games, does, does anyone have any immediate reactions from either the San Diego or BYU game? Chet, that's my reaction. Chet is pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I will say, I think the funniest part out of these two games is you guys have seen that photo of Mark Pope when he's like looking kind of up at like 40 to 5 degrees. His eyes are just like bulging. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have seen that? Oh, yeah. yeah the the Smeagol pose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A little TJ Hawes esque. Yeah, it's like, hey, welcome to the big leagues, boys. Hope you have fun, the Big 12. <laughs> wow. But I'll also say the Jenny Craig Pavilion is a pretty cool arena. I mean, you can't go wrong in San Diego with whatever you do, unless you get like a bad hand on a Mexican spot. But yeah. That's tough to do. Mm-hmm. I think my takeaway here, uh, aside from Chet, I know we're going to we're gonna dive into that a little bit more, but uh, we gave BYU way too much credit last week. <laughs> way too much credit. Because that is not a very good basketball team. Uh, they, I mean, yes, we're really damn good, but come on, man. Like, you got to at least put up a little bit of a fight there on your on your home court while you're spiraling. Jake, you called it last week. You said you would not be surprised if, if USF beat them on Thursday. That's exactly what happened. And we got a desperate BYU team that still wasn't very good, and they're probably not going to be in the tournament. So that's kind of a bummer for the WCC as a whole. 
but uh, whatever. Everyone can just keep on chasing us, and we will just keep widening the gap. Yeah, yeah. desperate BYU team. They were missing their what one of their lead guards, but I mean, I don't think he's a thirty-two point guy. Um, <clears throat> I would say besides Chet, who we're gonna get into, I was just amazed, especially in the BYU game by our defense. Like we smothered Barcelo, and. It, it felt like every other play in the first half ended with a block by a different Gonzaga player. <laughs> yeah, I think you're starting to see, like, the defense kind of realize how much pressure they really can put on the perimeter with having a guy like Chet back there. And we definitely have the the athletes needed to put that kind of pressure on. So, I mean, it's only going to get better from here, in my opinion. I, I have a question for the group on BYU real quick. Are they Are they done? Tournament tournament talk, is it done for BYU? They're 17 and eight right now. With the exception of winning the WCC, is there any way for them to get into the tournament at this point? Well, right now, Lunardi, I think, has them as last four in. So they're still somehow projected in. I have no idea. I mean, I guess they're Oregon win, but like Oregon's not that good this year. So they need to not lose any more games. They need to, what, I assume they probably play USF and, and or St. Mary's again. Um, <clears throat> God, I don't know what's ha- happening to my throat. Right they now. do play St. Mary's again. <clears throat> so presumably they'll have at least two more losses, you would think. So they have a 10-loss team, a 10-loss BYU team. I don't know if they're in, boys. I think they're done. No, yeah, I think they have to run the table to, mm-hmm. to make it. And you know what? It's not the point where it's like, fuck it. I don't care if they miss out because they don't help the WCC anymore. Right. So Go get that. that big 12 money. BYU. Yeah. I mean, if I have to pick between having USF and BYU in the tournament, give me USF. Yeah. And yeah. I think they'd match up better with a lot of teams. Like if BYU goes up against anyone with size, like obviously we have the best front court in the nation, but like Kentucky would fucking destroy them. Kansas would destroy them. Like, Oh, Auburn would feast on. Could you imagine what Auburn would do to these guys? Oh my god! Oh my gosh! I, I think. Uh, <clears throat> oh, right, Paige. I didn't have anything to say. Oh. <laughs> I think one thing here. It's like we'll get to our Valentine's Day segment a little bit later in the show, but it's when you have that fling. It's not necessarily a girlfriend, or if you're a lady, a boyfriend. One of those things where it just doesn't really click and it's like mutual severance and it's like yeah i wish you the best and you say that being cordial and then it's kind of like i really don't care what happens to you after this that's how i feel about byu and usf i'd much rather have usf byu's the (laughs) ex-girlfriend get out of here i want to see my future prospects prosper that was electric. Boy, <laughs> getting into the Valentine's Day spirit already, I see. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on down, um, I mean, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, or I guess in this case, the giraffe. Chad Holmgren has been on a tear. He's, what, averaging 75% shooting in the paint. He's been averaging like 60% from the three. In the, in the BYU game, he had 
20 points, 17 rebounds, six assists, and four blocks. I, he might have had a slightly different points. I'm not sure. Regardless, it, it was an insane game. Um, is this as good as Chet gets? Has he peaked, or is there still room for him to grow? <clears throat> Dan's really shaking his head on this one, so I think he has something to say. Yeah, I think he's gotten better every single game over the last however many, six, seven. I mean, we, we were talking about it last week that his peak, if it can stay where it's at and continue to elevate his game as we get into March, I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. But I think he is making a lead, a legitimate push to get himself back in the player of the year conversation because these numbers and the impact he has on games – uh, as the number two, soon to be number one team in the country again, I think he's going to have a great chance to find himself in that player of the year and also play himself back into that, you know, number one pick, you know, that maybe people thought he was he was falling off on. Uh, that San Diego sequence where he's hitting every shot in transition, blocking everything, taking it right at everyone and their mother and scoring on everybody. I mean, dude, he is absolutely dominant right now and it is a treat to watch him play and we should savor every second of it because we're never going to see anything like it again yeah and i'm glad you brought up that san diego moment dan because i i think it was hilarious of after his like 11 points and like under two minute run he started getting a little too saucy with it you know behind the back taking not the best shots mark few just subs him out immediately just starts chewing him out like (laughs) Like what a what a classic few thing to do. <clears throat> yeah, I think you, you made some good points there, Dan. And and some of my thoughts were just that it's it's so remarkable how he's doing this and putting these numbers up, and it doesn't look like he's forcing anything. It comes with the flow of the offense, and so much of his impact is you know on the defensive side of things as well. So it's something crazy to watch. And I, if I'm an NBA team, like. I, I understand Jabari and uh, Paulo are very good players, nothing but respect for their game. But you look at what Chet's doing and how he's not forcing it. He's not, it doesn't have to be the guy, but he can come in and he can do this on a nightly basis. Not only that, but he's improving throughout the season. Uh, Paulo is, I think he's kind of tinkered off a little bit. Jabari looks great, uh, no doubt about that. But like just how he's improving in his role and just growing that role, it's, unreal to watch yeah no i think uh you said it very well j or <laughs> j page um i think one thing too is based on where you draft or drafted the offensive and defensive uh <clears throat> their systems they're not gonna be the exact same as what you played in college and what we're seeing with chet is a continual transgression into figuring out how to play this which just speaks to his basketball IQ. And I think it was a tweet was from Andy Patton. He's like, yeah, uh, Chad got pulled out and got chewed out with Mark Few. And then Chad's like, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. He's my coach. Like he should chew me out because I screwed that up. And I think having, I mean, the guy's a unicorn. To have the amount of, what is humility a word? Humility. 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 Yeah. (laughs) That is weird how they just took the B out of it when it's. Yeah. (laughs) To be able to say that on like a 
very public platform. I think it's telling of Chet's character and kind of his commitment. I mean, he's a hooper. And so I think Chet is just going to be upward and onwards. So let's go Chet Chet. I'll, I'll make my point quick. That way we can get to the next, the next topic. But what impresses me most with Chet is, is his ability to play against lesser opponents and stay under control stay out of foul trouble and just continue to play his game, which is the opposite of what we saw last year with another, you know, highly touted prospect like Jalen Suggs during WCC play. And this is not hitting on Jalen Suggs, by the way, but just during WCC play, you saw how, you know, Jalen just struggled playing against lesser talent to standard control. Maybe he was too fast for the game. um, And he got in a lot of foul trouble. We're, we're not really seeing that with Chet. He's absolutely dominating this lesser talent. Um, and it's, it's really impressive to see from a guy, his size and his age at this level. And so like Dan said, it's a treat, man. Enjoy it while it lasts because I don't, I don't know when you see something like this again. Yeah, it, it might be, we might wake up next year to some harsh reality when we, don't have the seven-two frame of Chet just stopping all drives to the to the rim, uh, but that leads us to Chet's uh, duo in the front court, Mr. Drew Timmy, who you know he he's used to being the big guy on campus. Um, boys, are we getting a little concerned about Timmy? I mean, he hasn't had bad games. He's just had kind of, I think, passive games might be a good word for it. Like BYU, he had thirteen points. Six, five rebounds, three assists, five turnovers. You know, that's that's not great. Uh, I think San Diego, he had a pretty similar stat line. Uh, yep, 13 points, five of 14. Kind of missed some butt bunnies. Um, should Drew Timmy's, I'll call it a slump. Should we be concerned about this? I say <clears throat> emphatically, no, we should not. I think we're seeing um, Drew Timmy, the evolution of Drew Timmy here. Because we don't need Drew Timmy to score 35 points a game for this team to be successful. In fact, like, honestly, if that happens, it's probably because other players aren't playing as well. And so Drew Timmy's not forced to take over a game and make difficult shots. Um, I, I, I think it's a positive thing that he's been able to sit back and sort of let Chet do his thing while he's, you know, ride, ride the hot hand. Chet's got the hot hand right now. Let him go. Um, I think uh, Sean Farnham actually said it best on Andy's show, Andy Patton's show uh, the other day. Check it out if you haven't seen it yet. But he basically said, you know, Drew Timmy's a smart guy. Um, by letting, by allowing Chet to sort of put on a show right now, teams down the road are going to start keying in on Chet more. And what happens when you keen, uh, you keen on Chet? Well, all of a sudden, you know, our veteran presence, fancy footwork, Texas two-step Drew Timmy down there, things become easy to him. Um, and so I don't th- – this should not be a concern at all. I think maybe if we see it against, you know, more competitive teams in the WCC tournament as we get closer to March Madness, maybe then we should be because you don't want Timmy to take his foot too far off the gas pedal or, or, you know, become a shadow out there, but you know, this should not be a concern against, you know, in, in mid 
to early February of the season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think you made a lot of really good points there. And, and just to kind of top it off in March, it's all about matchups, right? You don't know who you're going to draw. And it's very important that everyone at least understands their role. And Timmy's clearly taking a backseat right now, but it'll only make us better, right? Because some one game, Chet might have to take over. One game, Timmy might have to take over. Uh, you know, one game, it might have to be Nemhard or Strahler, whoever, whoever it might be. You just need to kind of bulletproof that offense so that you can produce no matter what kind of defense and what kind of lineup you're facing. And so I think that's what we're kind of seeing here. Uh, and yeah, not worried whatsoever. It's not like his footwork is like getting worse or anything like that. He'll be just fine. <laughs> You forgot how to pivot. No, I, I think those are those are good points. And then I agree. I mean, you look at like, you know, some of those like great Duke teams, like the Zion team, you know, like when it came to the tournament and, you know, you have all these freshmen leading the way, they have a bad game, you know, nerves, jitters, just the big stage for the first time it's over. But I mean, we got Timmy who's played in, I, I can't even remember how many, I mean, it should have been more tournament games because of his missed year, but. I mean, we're, we're so spoiled. When you look at the two-point percentage, our team is shooting 62% in the paint and are only allowing 41% from the, the other teams. Like, that is – that's ridiculous. I think the yeah, – you guys are totally making a great point here. I think the thing to remember, too, is that, you know, Zane, you're talking about Timmy and taking his foot off the gas. We know what he does when he has to put his foot on the gas, and he goes for 37 against Texas. You know what else happened in that Texas game? Chet Holmgren had two points. So we're going to see balance or we're going to see – like Chet is not going to put up two points ever again. Like he is, he has come so far. Timmy knows his role. He knows that it's all about the team. Uh, the bo Both of them are a freaking problem for anybody, and they're going to just kind of alternate whose night it is. Maybe both are getting 20. Maybe both are getting 20 and 10. And that's going to be why this team is so unique and special is because you have that dynamic duo that few teams, if any, can truly match up with, compete with. I also think the fluctuating like stat lines are the result of just opponents saying, all right, we are going to make Chet beat us. We're going to make the 18 year old kid beat us. Or they're saying, all right, we're taking Chet out of the game. We're going to make old man Texas two-step beat us. And either way, you're fucked. Teams are stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place and, and how to stop this offense. And these are the results. One guy, you're either going to give up 20 from Chet, you're going to give up 20 from Timmy. True. And on a bad night, you're going to give up 20 to both. With a little 15-burger <laughs> from uh, Watson. Okay. Well, let's roll on. Uh, speaking about hitting the nail on the head, the nail on this case is the 278th ranked Pacific Tigers um, who we will be playing Thursday night. They are currently seven and 15 and two and six in the WCC. One of those wins being over the slumping Cougars. Um, boys, are we, are we concerned at, at all about this specific game? Do we have any comments on this specific game? Ken Palm gives us a 99.9% .9 chance of winning. What are our thoughts? We should be worried because they're currently beating my USC Trojans by 12 points in the first half. Oh, Is this Pacific team <laughs> catching fire right now, boys? 
Are they the most dangerous team in Division One basketball? No, USC fucking sucks. USC blows. <laughs> USC frauds. Frauds. Yes, the score. The score currently, with five minutes to go in the first half, is twenty six fourteen. Pacific wow. is ahead. Ew, God. Yeah. And that's huge for the WCC though, if they can pull that out. So, I'm all I have that. two words: Lorenzo Romar. He's the Pepperdine coach. What? Oh, oh god! <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> oh no! Oh god! The confidence oh, is no. so high. Oh god! Oh. You know, Zambi was just sitting on that one for like a hot second. It's like oh, I raised my hand too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still not worried about Pacific. We'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Jake, what was not. what was the win percentage on on Kempom? Ninety nine point nine percent. Ooh, ESPN's is only at ninety nine point eight. Where's Ooh. the Koopy index? Ooh. Oh, you know where I'm gonna fall, baby. It's ninety nine point six nine. He low. doesn't want to sleep That's on those, those tigers. Feels you gotta, low. You got to give Damon, you know, a shot. You know, not a huge shot, but. They, they have a chance. Yeah, but hey, it said they only had a 3% chance of beating USC and might be higher now. What? Oh, God. Is it higher? I, actually, I need to check to see what the percentage is for that. For, Ken Palm gave 3%. Currently? Don't no, they do the in-game? At the beginning. The in-game the game. percentage. I, I don't have the in-game percentage. I don't think anyone's keeping track of this in-game percentage. Yeah. There it is. Currently, USC still has a 78% chance oh my to win God. this game. Wow. Boy. Ugly stuff. Well, let's move on to, I guess this is our oldest foe, our most hated foe, the Gales of California. It's St. Mary's themselves, who have wormed their way into the AP Top 25. I believe they're 22nd. Is that... Is that right, boys? I, I kind of did that off gut feel. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Ken Palm has them at 18th with the top 10 defense. Uh, it's it's a classic St. Mary's team where they're super boring to watch, and they play, like, no possess, possessions, but they're really efficient with the ball. Are we worried about St. Mary's playing spoiler to our, not Cinderella story, I guess, just bulldozer? No, not no. even a little bit. Just worried about the spread at this point. I feel like the I am I always worried about a St. Mary's spread because it's always like, wow, we're way better than that team, but they play so few possessions, like an eight-point win feels like it's like a 20-point win. Yeah. That's I'm, the thing. I'm mostly worried about the eight. Oh, wait, never mind. 7 p.m. start time on the Saturday. Another another WCC after dark. I'm getting fucking sick of it, boys. I will say that I think because of Gonzaga's increased popularity, we're falling into the Pac-12 at night scheduling, which I, I'm I'm getting too old for this. I, I need to be in bed. You yeah, know? I, I agree. <clears throat> what what would you set the spread at for this game, not knowing it at all right now? Oh, do you should I not check the Ken Palm? Yeah, don't check the Ken Palm. Go off, okay. go off the top of your head. I feel naked right now. Um, I would say 17 points. Ooh, I was going to say 13 and a half. Yeah, Ooh. that's what I was going to say too. 
I was going to go 14 and a half. I was going to go 15 and a half. Whoa. Man, look at all you guys and your half a point spread. So cool. Dan, would you have bet us to cover? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. Ken Palm has us winning 16. Oh, no, that's San Diego. Oh, wait, no, this is San Diego. There we go. Uh, 80 to 66, so 14 points. Ooh. Oh, that was me. Nice, nice. So, um, yeah, is, is there anyone we're concerned about on St. Mary's? I mean, I don't even really know. I mean, Tommy Coos just looks like a 40-year-old out there. I guess he's always solid. Do they have any big Australians? That's I know they're oh, big. I'm Brandy sure Brandy they have some yeah. Australians. Down at the, the Aussies. Matthias Toss, is he Australian? The big ginger? I don't know if he's Australian or European. I think he's European. I'll check. The name Jade Mullins definitely sounds Australian, right? Toss is from Estonia. Oh, nice. Dipping into our talent pool, I see. (laughs) We own the Eastern Bloc. Is this at St. Mary's or at Gonzaga? This is at at the kettle, Tent City. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. Oh man, what a lit Tent City this would be with a game at seven p.m. This is your dream Tent City if you're a Gonzaga. That's true. Saturday night, seven p.m. You've been drinking beers since eight a.m. The kegger has been going. Even make it to the stadium. Dan (laughs) kicks us out of the front row because we snaked our way in. Yep. That's what we do. Koopy, you will like this. I got an interesting stat for you. Going back to the to the win percentages, ESPN gives St. Mary's a 6.9% chance to win this Ooh. game. Oh. Koopy <laughs> Mita. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Which means which means the Zags have a 93.1% chance to win. What, that, was, what was Ken Palms? Uh, 90%. Oh, we'll go. We'll go 91.69%. <laughs> nice. Man. I love the Cooper meter. Um, okay. I guess that all that's left are the predictions. What, what's their score predictions for this game? I want score predictions and leading score. Go Dan. Uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs, 93. Ooh, that's too high for St. Mary's game. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 86, St. Mary's, 71. Uh, leading scorer is going to be Chetty Chet Holmgren, 22. Ooh, I like it. Okay, next on my screen is the Cooper. Cooper Nader. Oh. Uh. Like Dan, I'm gonna say this is a relatively low scoring. I so I'm gonna say I'm gonna go 82 67. And I think you know, we were kind of giving Timmy some shit that he hasn't had, you know, great games as a late. I'm gonna say he has 25 plus this game. Ooh, maybe a little, you know, like his last game against St. Mary's and the and the WCC uh, finals playoff, you know what I mean. Anyway, Zamblin, you're next. <laughs> I'll say uh, 
9279 Zagsa. Who's your leading scorer? Oh, leading scorer? Mm. Lorenzo Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Lorenzo Rome, our baby. Uh, I don't know. I feel like BYU has like some teeth in the game. So I'm going to say Nemhard with 21. Ooh, I like it. Um, okay, Mr. Page. Score prediction and leading scorer. I'm going to go 86 to 60. Zags. Leading scorer, Julian Strother with 25 points. Oh, man. Damn it. I was going to take Strother. I'm going to have to pivot. Okay, Zane, who's yours? All right. <clears throat> I'm going to go Gonzaga Bulldogs. 78. St. Mary's 62. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of ugly, I think. And just because oh, do that's they do what a St. backdoor Mary's cover does. on us. Yeah, no. we, we no oh no 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 Jake. We still cover. We still cover. <laughs> well, not with my 17 and a half point spread. No, but 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 with with the the 14 and a half, we certainly cover. Um I'll go I'll, I'll, I'll pivot real quick from the leading scorer because I think they've all like all the Pretty much the entire starting five has been taken. Um, I'll go Strother gets five threes by halftime. Ooh, damn. You think he's on fire this game? Well, you know, it's not unheard of. He'll get like 15 right away and then just not score for the rest of the game. That's fair. Right. I do think Strother is also like the best hype man on the bench for just everybody. Not on the bench, on the team. Sorry. Gets people going. Um, I guess I'll I'll follow up. Fuck it. I'll take a bench player. I'm going to do Anton Watson, 22 points. You know, we'll just say that we're dismantling St. Mary's and Watson gets his time to be a bruiser. Uh, I'll say we win 79 to 58. I think we shut. I think we keep the defense going. I, the, I loved how great our defense looked against BYU. We can shut down another top 25 team. I guess BYU is probably like a top 50 team. We can shut down a top 25 team like St. Mary's. That's a, a great side for us. Yeah, Jake. Well, uh, that's the first time I've been called Christopher in a long, long time. But as our listeners know, Valentine's Day is coming up. And so we kind of decided to switch it up a little bit this year. It's not the ideal uh, – Valentine's Day go to you now. So we're giving you two. Oh. And <laughs> the base of my table just collapsed. Um, <laughs> but I will give you two different options on how you want to approach it for your special, special lady. So we'll start off with going the sweet boy route. Obviously, you have to pick her up. Buy her flowers. Got to do some research, figure out her favorite flower. It's as easy as just asking her, hey, what's your favorite flower? Boom, you got that. Go. And then you go get some dinner. Classic movies, you know, Mamma Mia, La La Land. But you got to be prepared. You have to have that charcuterie board, that red wine. You're obviously dressing to the nines. 
And one thing I will say, and I will never back down from it, is if you don't treat her like a queen, somebody else will. And so always treat her like the queen that she is, even if you don't really like her that much. But transitioning into uh, if you're kind of being the little uh, saucy, saucy, shimmy, shimmy, uh, little freak, freak. Uh, <laughs> I only have uh, three real points here. Uh, Jake, you're right. My favorite movie is Mamma Mia. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh so if you're doing the shimmy shimmy you gotta choose a place close to your spot so you can walk you avoid that uber charge and on top of that you do an aphrodisiac get oysters girls love oysters most people like oysters if you don't you gotta make a sacrifice man you gotta do it but you gotta give enough attention but not too much and leave your phone facing upwards so she sees your notifications. And then boom, it's like, hey, I got to fight for this guy. It is the complete opposite of what I was just saying right now. And so whatever path your Valentine's Day takes you, enjoy it, make the most of it, and make some sweet, sweet love, my listeners. And that leads us into our NFL segment. Dan, take the floor. Oh, Chris, how lovely is that to follow up? Well, sorry, I was just getting distracted. So making, I'm watching Cooper make sweet, sweet love to a burrito over there. So <laughs> I think I think he's already uh, following following your lead. Well, boy, my Valentine's Day, baby. <laughs> we have made it to Super Bowl week. I still don't remember what Super Bowl this is. I think it's 56. I think last week I said 57. But I believe it's 56. We've got Rams, Bengals. We have predictions, but we can't make them yet. First, we got to do the prop bets. So let's go right into it. Prop bet number one, who scores first? Rams, Bengals. Let's start with lover boy, Chris Zamblin. Uh, you know, I'm going to Bengals all day, baby. Uh, do I have to do a score? No, this is just who scores first. <laughs> Rapid fire. Let's go. Let's move. Oh. Jake. Scores first is Rams. Cooper Cup. Zane. Yeah, oh God, I was going to do that. Same thing. Cooper Cup. Cool. Coop. Make that three. I'm going <laughs> Bengals, and I'm going Mr. Money Mac, Evan McPherson, field goal. Jake, place my bet right now, because I know the Bengals will not score first now. I'm not. I, I, I'm recording it, a Jake. podcast. Do it. Jay Page, prop bets. Who scores first? Rams, Bengals. Oh, I feel like the Rams have been starting out hot and the Bengals have been starting out slower, so I'm going to go Rams. Okay, we're not going to do Super Bowl MVP next because that makes zero sense in the order. So <laughs> let's do coin toss. This should have been first. Heads or tails? Coop, starting with you. Uh, tails never fails. Zane. Same, tails all day. Coop, I already said Coop. Jake? <laughs> Heads. Yes, fuck those guys. Jay Page. Tails. Danby. Opposite of what you're doing, Dan. <laughs> Sideways. <laughs> Lions on the edge. Inconclusive. I'm going to go heads for yes. Super Bowl coin toss. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. This order. 
what is this? Most penalties? What is this even? <laughs> who who commits more penalties? Rams or Bengals? I guess. Ooh. I don't know. Who cares? Moving on. All right. Uh, oh, no, it'll be the Bengals because they have to hold their own. I was going to say, feels like it's going to be the Bengals trying to stop the Rams defense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I agree. I don't know. I think it's going to be the Bengals just offensive holding calls. It, I, yeah. think, I think we're that's, all in agreement. That, that was the same. That was this, this, literally saying the exact same thing we said. I think we were all in agreement there. Okay. Again, the order here, very, very weird. Uh, over, under, national anthem are we sure this is even the number or did we just completely make this, this is up? the number that coop thought he read something this is so the arbitrary number <laughs> i saw somewhere and over over a million over. times okay a minute, over. a minute 37 is the coopy index i'm going over because i think it's usually around two minutes yeah it's usually the over under is two yeah so i'm going over on the 137 does over. anyone know who's singing the national anthem I mean, if it's Eminem rapping the national anthem, then it might, then we might be looking at an under here, but otherwise. I have a question from this. Like, this is like the easiest bet to rig ever. If you're friends with the who's ever singing it, right? Like there's, there could be no proof. Well, that'd be tough to read because we're like, where are you looking? Is there, is there a timer somewhere? I'm sure you just see it at home, you practice it, and they'll be like, yeah, that clocked in at like minute 45. Yeah, but you always speak faster when you're in public or like public speaking, so that's Yeah, but they're a trained performer. I don't know. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. Don't ruin this for us, Jake. Okay, I'm just saying this is probably where the NFL makes all their money. It's a it's a low key country singer Mickey Guyton that is singing the national anthem. Apparently, that's as good as we could get for this. What Mickey in L A? Yeah, weird. Wow. <laughs> budget budget cuts. Budget cuts. I'll see L A. L A. Under it's gonna be under. Then get him in. Get him out. Get that B list C list celebrity the fuck off the field. All right. Dude, what all if right. he just sings so beautifully? You you're just burst to tears. Now oh, I think you don't have this one on on the board, but what do you guys think is the first song of the halftime show? Given the electric group of performers we have, who was the performance? Coop, what? Oh, who's performing? It's uh, Dre, Snoop. Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick, Kendrick, and Mary, and Mary J. Blige. Whoa, <laughs> it's definitely not Mary J. Who's gonna I, get this? My money's I think, on I think Dr. It has Dre. To be still Dre. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. Do they have the rights to California Love? Because he produced it. I would assume so, right? We get a hologram of Tupac. Nope, Coachella oh. already did that. <laughs> Damn what's it! Been, what's been done has not been done twice. Okay, now instead of another prop bet, let's go back to the winner. Actually, no. First, let's go Gatorade color. Gatorade color, J-Page, starting with you. Oh, well, since I'm going to pick the Bengals to win, I'm going to go orange. Spoiler alert. Exciting. Zambi. Orange Bengals, Glacier Freeze for the Rams. You don't get to pick two. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Run he away. could. He could bet on two, Dan. He could. Good. He could fade it. I can send Jake all my money. <laughs> Are you going orange? Is that, is, is that, is that your final answer? <laughs> orange final answer. Zane. Oh, I'm going to go classic yellow. The Jake? old Gatorade. 
Okay, Jake. I'm going orange. Go Tigers. Cool. Tigers. Uh, yeah. Give me. I like I like where Zane's heads at. Give me lemon lime for those yeah. rings. I'm going fruit punch. I'm going red. Oh, um, always got to be different. Always right. got to be. And now, different. now we got to go. We're gonna do a little double whammy. Winner, Super Bowl MVP. So JP, you already said it's the Bengals. Who's your MVP? Joe Shisey. Is that even a question? Joe Burrow. Not. I don't know who can pick the Bengals <laughs> and their MVP. Not be Joe Burrow. But moving on, Coop could be the kicker. Um, I think this game is going to be one in the trenches and the Rams defense is going to be getting after Joe Burrow. So give me Aaron Donald. I absolutely agree with every single bit of that. So your take is bad. Probably don't, don't, don't bet on that. But I totally think that the best player in the field is Aaron Donald and he has the most favorable matchup and he's going to wreak havoc. So I got Rammy's Aaron Donald, Super Bowl MVP. Zane. I'm obviously going Rammies, but I'm going to go with the more obvious pick than I, than, you know, Aaron Donald, which I think is Matthew Stafford. I think the dude has been wildly overlooked this playoff run because of how cool and, you know, flashy Joe Burrow has been. And I like Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong, but I think, you know, Matthew Stafford, the dude's heating up right now. Rammies are winning this one by 14. Ooh. You describe his last game as heating up. Yeah. Stafford's been almost perfect in the playoffs. Yeah. Except for would. the weird buck stuff. Except the, I mean, there's a clear dropped interception, like saved that game from being a it good was, game to, oh my God, he just threw this game away. It was I an mean, incompletion. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess the stats. Do you want to analyze I, every single interception by every quarterback this season? Jake? Yep. Come on. Yep. That's what this show is for, I thought. <laughs> Jake, what you got? Winner, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I got the Bengals, just because I can't root for the L.A. fandom. Um, and I'm going Jamar Chase. I Ooh. think he gets 180 yards receiving, two touchdowns, and Jalen Ramsey is just left shaking his head and just left to read all the negative Twitter feed. Zambi, I don't believe we've heard your pick yet. I'm going Super Bowl MVP. As our listeners know, I'm a Smokey. <laughs> I'm going Cooper Cup. Ooh. Granted, the Bengals have had two weeks to prepare for him, but his route running is so good that I think he has a big game, and I think he's the difference. But obviously, I'm going to be betting on the Bengals. If he's the reason that I lose, I'll be okay with that. I like it. I too think if I, I I think we got a close game. I think the Bengals cover the four. Bengals have covered all playoffs. Granted, that's been a lot of outright wins as underdogs, but I think the Bengals are going to cover. We're going to have a nice little three point game here. I yeah, honestly, I just want a great game. That's last year's I, Super Bowl was a dud. It was not exciting. Who was in last year? Was good. Oh, what Bucks and Chiefs. Bucks Chiefs, yeah. So hopefully it's a good one. Everyone enjoy your Super Sunday. Hope you're partaking in some good snacks and some good beverages to end what's been another great NFL football season. Absolutely. Well, boys, we've 
come to a crossroads once again. Another show has ended. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. As always, I think this is episode 77. So good shit, boys. Been on this train for a while. Um, but, Big loop energy with that, with that number. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I guess with that being said, go Zags, as always. And uh, March is just around the corner. Go Zags. Fuck Auburn. Nola.